Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. All right, welcome back. Uh, another Wednesday and another episode of the Marlins Hot Stove Show. Episode two for us uh, this offseason. Again, a little bit different. We're trying to elevate this thing a little bit for everybody at home kind of watching um, this offseason. So, as always, 6 o'clock on Fox Sports, 940 AM, Miami, flagship home of the Marlins all season long on the radio. And this year, starting this year, we've got some terrific work behind the scenes. We're shooting all of this stuff. So it's more of a video podcast form. Uh, so if you go to marlins.com slash hot stove, uh, the video is going to be there for you. You can watch all these interviews. You can watch all the shows. And I could not be more excited about the show that we have coming up for you here tonight. We're going to chat with Marlins left-hander, Jesus Lazardo, who was sensational down the stretch last year. It was an injury-plagued season, lost a couple of months, came back, one of the best pitchers in baseball the final two months of the year. So Jesus Lazardo is going to join us in just a couple of minutes. And my co-host tonight, I'm so excited. It's the pitching ninja himself, Rob Friedman. I know many of us that are baseball fans, we follow him on Twitter, Instagram, social media. You can go to his website. So many people running around with the hats, the shirts, the athletic gear, you name it. We're going to chat with Rob. He'll join us in just a minute. Uh, but again, so those two, Rob and Jesus, I'm going to try to step out of the way. I can't wait to hear the conversation that they're going to have about baseball, about life, whatever else going on. So super, super excited about that conversation. Again, Rob will join us in just a couple of minutes. I want to chat with Rob a little bit, uh, kind of get his backstory. I know we know him now as the pitching ninja. Uh, I don't think there's too many people that know, I guess, how this whole thing kind of came to be for him. So we're going to be chatting with Rob in just a minute before we chat with Jesus Lazardo. Uh, by the way, Christmas is around the corner. Hanukkah is around the corner. Whatever else you intend to celebrate this winter, okay? If you don't want to be the worst person in your family, buy them something nice. And you can do that. You can check out the Marlins Holiday Bundle. Do it. Don't be the bad guy in the family. The Marlins Holiday Bundle celebrating 30 years of Marlins baseball. You can celebrate the holidays. You can get tickets to three games, including opening day. Opening day this year, plus a Marlins 30th anniversary-themed champagne glass set. Purchase your holiday bundle today at marlins.com slash holiday. All right, let's welcome on our co-host tonight. Uh, 
maybe one of the biggest personalities on social media in the baseball world. Uh, better well-known now as Pitching Ninja, but Rob Freeman. Hey, it's so awesome to chat with you. I am so stoked to just see you and have the opportunity to chat with you, Rob, and to co-host this thing with me. We're chatting with Jesus Lazardo in a little bit, but how are you? Thank you so much for doing this. I'm doing great. I didn't realize I'm like now the official co-host of this. This is awesome. Like, yeah, that was fun. We'll, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be in touch. It'll be on your calendar. Week. I don't think you have anything going. I don't see anything you're doing on social media. You're not, not a busy guy or anything, Rob. But you know what? Seriously, thank you again. And I know so many people, you developed an unbelievable relationship with fans of baseball on Twitter. And this whole thing for you has really blown up. But I really did want to chat with you and ask you, where did this whole thing start with you? Like, go back to when you were younger. Like, where did your love for baseball kind of come from? That's a great question. I mean, I just grew up loving the game. I mean, it was one of those things that, you know, friends just played in the backyard through Little League and all that stuff. It wasn't like I was a great player, though, but I just appreciated, like, all the players seemed like mythical creatures out there to me. Yeah. It was amazing watching them and uh, really kind of re-energized my love recently uh, more recently, like in the last, you know, 15 years or so. Right. But coaching was one of the things like I, I relate really well to kids because I'm just a big kid. So <laughs> I was I was drafted to coach and I'm like, I don't really want to teach what I learned growing up. I want to teach what's like the right stuff. So it took me down a path. And that's kind of how I got to where I'm where I am. Well, how, how did all of this happen, though? I know the coaching thing, but well, look, we know you as Pitching Ninja, like a social media savant. You're doing all this stuff, a trusted baseball media personality. I'm, I'm sure at some times I might even be uncomfortable to see how far and how much this is blowing up for you because you just love the game. But explain to me, I guess, the original iteration of you doing this and this becoming what it's become for you. Yeah, so what it really be, it really started from, from me coaching and knowing that I wasn't going to coach forever. So I had a lot of time. I mean, I was a lawyer, started a so software company, did a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff. Um, but also, yeah, I did pretty well for myself in my career. So I was able to spend money on all these little gadgets and stuff and right. review them and, you know, trial and error stuff. Being a lawyer, I, one of the things I can do is ask a lot of questions. So I grilled <laughs> a lot of people and I realized I wasn't going to coach forever. So what I did was start sharing it on social media, all the stuff that I learned to hope that other people, maybe it shortened their learning curve a little bit and they didn't fall for some of the traps that a lot of parents fall for. Um, but I never, never in a million years thought I'd be doing this like as a full-time thing. It was just fun and it's still fun. So that's the beauty of it. When was the first time, whether it was you tweeting something with the trail of the baseball on a disgusting slider that you're like, well, that, that got like 20 retweets, like, wait, somebody's watching this, right? But because it's exploded, you get hundreds and thousands of likes. But when was the first time you were like, oh, this could be something maybe? Uh, you know, that's a great question because I'm not sure there was any one time. Like I, I feed off people's, you know, th their excitement for stuff. So when I see something, you know, I get excited too, and I still do. So if I, if I tweet something, I try to learn from notifications, all that stuff. I still read all of them. I look at my notifications, unlike most people who shut them off. Yeah. Um, just because I like interacting with people. I mean, most people are positive. Uh, so if you see, if I start seeing that, yeah, I don't, I, I think the biggest thing was probably uh, like a early DM from Billy Wagner was something that jumped out at me. Like a guy who I watched on TV and we discussed Randy Johnson's pitching mechanics. So I thought that was really cool. Um, that's probably the first thing that jumped out at me. 
What do you take the most pride in? I know you kind of got, if not all your eggs are in one basket, you obviously have a massive social presence. You have the flat ground app. You, 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 you've got a lot going on. Is there something in particular that you personally take the most pride in? I would say the thing I love the most probably is when a, I can help out an individual pitcher, either it's somebody who hasn't been signed, maybe get them seen, like just happened with the, um, Logan Sawyer, got picked up by the Cardinals, who was a two-time reliever of the year in an independent league and still wasn't getting any MLB teams looking at him. And he ended up with 22 MLB teams uh, contact him after I tweeted him out and signed with the Cardinals. So that stuff excites me. But so does like helping. I mean, major leaguers ask me for stuff and I drop everything every time that happens. I mean, I don't, I don't make money doing that. It's just basically fun. So the all that stuff is a is a payoff. Anytime I can help anybody, that's kind of what I'm in it for. When was the first time, or do you remember? You mentioned Billy Wagner. Tell talk to me about maybe a current MLB player that reached out, and you were like, "What? This guy wants to hear what I have to say about this." Was there is there a certain guy that immediately comes to mind for you? Yeah, I'd say the first one that comes to my mind is you, Darvish, asking me oh. for. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, I was, I, I'm sitting at dinner, minding my own business with my wife. And I see you Darvish pop up in my DMs and, and my wife's like, why are you on your phone? I'm like, well, you Darvish is asking me for a pitch grip. What? And he, he, yeah, right. I mean, he wanted Shane Bieber's knuckle curve grip. And I slowed it down for him to show how it came off his hands. And Darvish ended up throwing that, I think in his next start but he threw it as a slider instead of a knuckle curve because he said it didn't feel right as a knuckle curve. It felt better as a slider. And he struck out like 12 hitters during that game and publicly thanked me for it, which was ridiculous. Like that, that stuff is insane to me. You don't have to get too specific. Have you had major league teams and organizations reach out to see if you want to join their organization? Occasionally I've had, uh, I've also had college teams ask me to be like a pitching coach and stuff. But it's, it's not something I want to do, number one. I'm not in it for that. I don't want to be traveling all around the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just not what I want to do. I like entertaining people. I like helping people learn through that entertainment. I, I like what I do every day. So I don't really have plans on doing any of that stuff. And I don't think there's an offer that I would take. How about the broadcasting? Have you enjoyed that? I see you all over the place. It was ESPN. It was Peacock. It was Fox. You enjoying that? I, I love that stuff. So that's another way just for me to share my love of the game and maybe break down stuff in ways that make sense to me, but maybe someone that played the game at a high level doesn't communicate the same way. So I think sometimes it gets through the fans and I love that feedback. So yeah, I did really enjoy that. And I look, I mean, I looked forward to the Peacock thing was incredible. Yeah. Every Sunday, that was a ton of fun. You doing this all yourself or have you created a little business where you people help you are you still keeping track of 15 games a night oh i do all the tweeting on my account myself you every do. video that has been tweeted on my account is uh is produced by me during the season i do have someone who helps him with some of the longer videos okay. and that helps manage some of the merch stuff and he's great will lay he is fantastic um but as for the day-to-day -day stuff and watching all the games that's all me i have nobody doing that and it's insane. how you keep it, how you keep in track of all the games at one time. I'm insane. <laughs> I, don't, I, guess, I think so. Yeah. Like it's a lot of baseball, which is why this off season, I enjoy it because I basically put out a couple videos a day instead of endless wall to wall videos a day, um, which is fun too, but it's good to take a little bit of a break, but yeah, I I'm watching it. You know, I, 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 
pay attention to some pitchers that I want to follow, a lot of Marlins guys. Uh, but I also then look at my notifications, see if somebody said, oh, you got to get, you know, Pitching Ninja is going to get this. A lot of times I'll get, get it through notifications, but then I'll also look at, you know, live play-by-play and see if there's a pitch that looked weird. Like if a batter's swinging a pitch way out of the zone, I know that that's probably a filthy pitch. So I'll go look at that too. Wow. Hey, we're going to chat with Jesus Lazardo in just a second. But Rob, for everybody listening or watching at home, how can they get in contact with you to support you, your cause, the hats, the merch, everything? How, where, where can people go to do that though? Um, merch is all at pitchingninja.com. Um, so you can get hats, performance wear, coffee mugs, a whole bunch of stuff, cool stuff like that. I'm on Instagram at Pitching Ninja. I'm on YouTube at Pitching Ninja videos, Twitter at Pitching Ninja, and even TikTok, even though I don't do any dances or anything. <laughs> like you, you do not want to see me dance ever. That's not good. You ready to talk to Jesus Lazardo? Absolutely. One of my favorite dudes. All right, let's do it. Okay, we welcome on Jesus Lazardo, who was one of the best and probably one of the best 15 pitchers in all of baseball in the final two months of the season last year. Uh, Jesus, you look great, man. How's the offseason going? And uh, by the way, it's the pitching ninja himself. That doesn't need, uh, I don't need any uh, further introduction, but it's good to see you, man. How's everything going? Oh, yeah, it's good to see you guys. I'm glad to be on here. Everything's going really well. Uh, you know, body's feeling good, arm's feeling good. So uh, just getting ready and preparing for the season to come. Hey, I told Rob this a few minutes ago. I said, he's unbelievable on social. He knows so many of you guys in the big leagues. I kind of want to step aside here because I've got some questions for you, but I want the man himself to kind of chat with you. But I guess just to kind of kick it off, Jesus, you know, I preface it by saying you were one of the best 15 pitchers down the stretch last year, the final two months of the season, you were unbelievable. I know you had the left forearm strain. You started well, you missed a couple of months. I guess as we start, how would you wrap up your 2022 season? Yeah. I mean, I feel like um, towards the end of the season, I really hit my stride. I kind of, you know, got a better feel for, for what my pitches were doing, my mechanics and how they were flowing. So um, when I came back off that 60 day, I just, uh, I was glad that I was able to hit the ground running and uh, you know, it went smooth. I uh, had a couple hiccups here and there, but was able to get back on track with Mel and, uh, you know, all the other guys behind me um, kind of just give me pointers here and there and what they've seen. So uh, I think we feed a lot off each other and that helped me throughout the year. What specifically clicked with you? Uh, for me, it was, I feel like a mechanical thing that clicked um, something to do with my load. And when I kind of feel that uh, or felt that throughout the year uh, at times, I could know when I was on and when I was off um, by even by a couple of inches, I felt like I was pulling baseballs maybe instead of driving baseballs to a certain spot. And uh, that little hip load that I, that I realized uh, helped me get to that position I need to. So is it like rotating around your back hip? What does it feel like to you? Yeah, it's more of almost like a coil, um, kind of showing that like back pocket, that back right pocket for me to the hitter and like basically my numbers to the hitter. I feel like when I get that kind of little coil, um, that's what kind of gets me back on track. Gotcha. Um, how much is the mental game important to you too? Like it's one of those things to me, like when you're on, your stuff is, is filthy for one. I mean, you had what your, your changeup and your, and your curveball both had over a 40% whiff rate. I mean, it was, it was absolutely sick, but a lot of the times it's like when things click in your head, um, mm -hmm. how big is the mental game to you? And is there anything there that you worked on? Yeah, I mean, the mental side of it, I realized in uh, 2021 that it was huge. Um, not only for me, I've noticed for a lot of guys, a lot of my friends as well that have gone through struggles and, you know, came out of it and 
now after I kind of went through my big struggle in 2021 and came out of it and had a positive 2022. Um, you know, the things I talk about and hear from guys, I feel like a lot of guys go through the same thing of just, you know, you start having doubts, you start, uh, you know, a couple of bad outings in a row starts, you know, snowballing. Um, you start doubting yourself a little bit. You get out there, you think, can I, can I even do this? You know, am I, am I good enough to do this anymore? But then it's just that little, like, you have to kind of stop feeling sorry for yourself. That's how I got out of it, at least. Stop feeling sorry for myself. Uh, you know, you obviously can do it. Just need to find that little thing to get you back on track, that little twitch, the little whatever it might be, the little tweak in, in the mechanics and the feel and the fingers when, when you release a fastball, that once you get it and you know what it feels like, then you just got to keep it going. So uh, I feel like for me, the mental side was absolutely huge. And in 2022, I feel like I made a jump. Hey, hey Zeus, with that, with, with that being said, how hard was it? How much pressure did you feel looking back to come back home to Miami after the trade. Did that have anything to do with it your first year back home and maybe the pressure that goes along with that in front of family and friends? Uh, I wouldn't call it pressure. I definitely felt, um, I guess, different. I felt different was the word. You know, when I'd go, when I'd go pitch at home, it was kind of different. Uh, I, I'd, you know, you'd see like faces uh, pop up or you get text messages like before a game of, of people you haven't seen in so, so long. Uh, you know, family members that haven't seen me pitch in person in so long which I didn't really mind. I, you know, it's not pressure, especially not like last year in 2022. I just feel like I got accustomed to it. For me, it was more, um, I, feel, I mean, I felt like I was already kind of snowballing down when I got traded over to Miami. So then it kind of just uh, got worse maybe a little bit. And, uh, you know, it didn't help. But 2022, into the, well, in that off season of 2021 into uh, 22, uh, that was when I kind of took that big jump and kind of just try to stay out of my own head and just focus on the path ahead. Is there any specific cue you gave yourself or was it just basically that saying, hey, block all this stuff out? Uh, I mean, it's it's easy to say now, I guess you could say, you know, I just told myself to block it all out. But it was a struggle at times for sure is, I mean, deep, uh, you know, down points in 21. And then in the offseason, I uh, actually started working with Juan Rincon, uh, pitcher along for a long time, Venezuelan pitcher, lives by me, would come help out of my high school when I was in high school. So we kind of had that relationship. And uh, one day he was just like, hey, I, I got some stuff for you. You know, I, it's, I don't think it's, it's not life changing, but just hear me out. If you don't like it, then that's fine. And I kind of would put it off. And, and, we, and one day I went and we started working out. We started throwing. And that little tweak that he gave me in the hip load. And then he would just pound it into my head like, hey, like, you're good enough. You're like, you're plenty. Uh, you know, you don't need, you don't need to, to think or, or add or do anything else. Like, you're more than good enough. And then I feel like just hearing that from, like, another perspective really – you know, an unbiased perspective, not family, not friends, not a coach, someone that's on the outside that, uh, that I think that really helped me. I seem to remember someone else. Was it Alec Manoa? Somebody else, uh, worked with Rincon. I forgot who it was though. It might be. I mean, he's, he's down here in South Florida and I know he, he reaches out and helps out a lot of guys. How big a deal is it to be part of a staff with so many electric pitchers? Like did that also help watching them throw and watching how their stuff played? Absolutely. Um, just like building off of, of Sandy, Pablo, Cavi, Brax, Rogers. I mean, all those dudes. When, when you know, you see Sandy go out there and go eight and punch out 12. And then you go, Pablo's the next guy up and he goes seven scoreless. And then you have, you know, Brax goes out there and throws seven scoreless. And it's like, you just want to keep, you know, keep the train rolling. And you don't want to be that guy that kind of has the hiccup and, and bumps the line. And even if you do, you just keep it going. You know, th they'll never look down on you or nothing. It's It's all positive. But I do feel like, in a good way, we try to all one up each other, and I feel like that makes us even better every time. Every time we get out, 
Have you taken anything from Sandy? Jesus, what separates him? You're on a staff and you watch this guy up close every fifth day. What do you think separates that? That's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things that separate Sandy. I mean, uh, his work ethic is insane. Uh, I, I know a lot of guys work hard, but Sandy works very hard. And he just puts a lot of uh, emphasis on his, like when he's playing catch, when he's throwing a bullpen, he's never going 100%, but he just puts emphasis on what he wants to do, what he wants to feel of his body. Um, and plus his mentality when he's on the mound, he doesn't let, you know, he gives up a home run. You see a lot of guys kind of get upset. I wouldn't say rattled, would just get, you know, maybe a little hot in their head. Um, Sandy's just cool, calm, and collected. Like he's just going to go do his thing. He doesn't need to add. He knows he doesn't need to add because he's got plenty of stuff. So um, when he does try to add and he gets even a little nastier is, is when, you know, he gets that little, the, the big dog comes out in him. But uh, I mean, it's very impressive. A lot of stuff that you could just watch him and see how he goes about his business and how he attacks guys that uh, it gives you confidence next time you go out behind him. Do you feel your makeup is a little like that too? Because you seem, I mean, again, I'm watching you. And you did an interview for Flackground that was great, by the way, too, a while back. But you seem to be a very calm customer on the bump where you, you don't show a ton of emotion, kind of like Sandy does. I mean, until the game's done. Do you feel like you can look at him in that way and maybe, you know, gather that? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I, I feel like I try to be at least, um, you know, I'm, I'm not I don't try to be like a vocal guy. Um, and it's not that, you know, against people that are, it's just not, I feel like it's not my, my style, I guess you could say, not my personality, but, um, I will say, you know, I get a big punch out. Sometimes it's hard to, to contain my, my emotion. Cause, uh, I am a, you know, a lot of effort out there and, um, I know a lot of guys are, but Sandy, it's impressive. He'll punch out the side in like the eighth or the ninth and he'll just put his glove up to his chest and walk off. No, no smile, no glove slap, nothing. So, uh, I do give him props. He's just like a silent killer. I feel glasses like are no glasses, Jesus. Glasses are no glasses in 2020. Yeah, glasses. All yeah. I can't change the glasses anymore. I try. I gave that experiment. It it spiraled downhill. So I'm I'm staying with my glasses. And Rob, I'll take care of the hard hitting questions. Okay, I'll take care. Of <laughs> hey, but hey, Jesus, let's settle this. Rob is here. I know you both have a baseball. Is Jesus Lazardo throwing a slider or a curveball? People want oh. to talk about this all the time. What are you doing, Jesus? I honestly feel like it's a slurve. I call it a slurve um, okay. because, I mean, at times I found ways to give it a little more depth. At times I've, I've found ways I'll give it a little more sweep. Um, if I can find a good hybrid of both, it'll be like kind of a mixture. That's when it's in the slurve. But uh, I would say maybe 60% of the time it probably re like resembles a, a curveball and about 40% of the time it probably resembles a slider. It's more of a, I guess it's a day-to-day -day thing. <laughs> <laughs> What what does the grip look like? For me this year, uh, it's been the same grip I've had since the past. I just hold it real deep in my palm, wrap the the middle finger along the bottom horseshoe, and then the thumb, I hook it and have it on the inside of that seam. And then I basically try to think to get around it and then create that kind of that curveball spin, get over it. Okay, so you are throwing, yeah, you, you are throwing it more like a curveball, and sometimes like a, I guess it's, it's dry, yeah. Sometimes it's at dry. times, if I get if I get really on the side of it, it'll spin like a slider, or uh, you know, when I really get my fingers over it, that's when it's more depth and more curveball. Do you try to manipulate it, or is it just that day by day thing? Uh, honestly, I do try to manipulate it for the most part. Uh, the day by day, if you know, it's, I'm kind of out of whack on a certain day, and I'm just throwing it, um, and it's coming out the same. But the days that I, for the most part, I have a good feel for it. And I, the days that I need, you know, I'm going to bury this one. It's probably going to be more down depth or if I need a sweep, 
um, you know, maybe sweep beneath a barrel. I can try to make it a little more sweepy, but for the most part, I can manipulate it pretty well. Are we going to see the turkey sub? Ooh, that's uh, I haven't brought that one up to Mel yet. I have to talk to Mel a little bit about the, the turkey sub, but I'm sure he wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> and is Do that you feel the need, Jesus, to add anything to your repertoire? Are you very comfortable the way everything feels and heading into this season? Uh, going into the season, I, I'm I'm very comfortable. Uh, well, not very comfortable. I'm comfortable with my stuff and and yeah. uh, you know how. Uh, how it plays and i think that if i'm able to master you know the stuff i have now um i'll be able to to compete at a very high level uh maybe later on add something uh could be but at first i want to master my craft for sure when you're throwing your turkey sub what is the difference in the grip are you just getting are you just releasing it from further back or what are you doing it, same grip uh for me it's, it's a little looser in the grip and it is releasing it a little farther back and just it's almost just uh just spin the ball. That's what I think about it. Just spin it. So it has a good rotation, kind of like that head over heels, uh, 12, six break. And then, uh, that was, I mean, I haven't thrown, I probably haven't thrown a real competitive Turkey sub since <laughs> like May of 2021. So I need to try it out in, the, in a couple of bullpens. Hey, so we often on TV and radio, we're always complimentary of Mel and everything that he does for you guys, but can you peel back the curtain a little bit? Cause you know, it's easy for us to say, look at the job Mel's doing. He's got the Cy Young award winner. Look at the way Jesus has turned things around. Pablo goes the distance all season long. What is it that makes him a good pitching coach? Uh, Mel's very like relatable. He's very uh, easy to talk to. You know, if I'm having, uh, if I'm just struggling, you know, throwing or releasing a pitch, it, it's never like I can't go talk to Mel because he's going to be upset or he's going to, you know, he's too busy for me. He always finds the time. He always uh, has an answer, has something to say. Um, and it's just easy. You know, it, you, it's really hard. I, I, I mean, I've never butt heads with him. I don't think I've seen many people at all butt heads with him. Uh, just an easygoing guy. And, uh, you know, if he doesn't have the answer, answer for you right away, he's going to find the answer for you. So um, it's a guy that we can just kind of lean on. And like he's been there. He's, you know, he's pitched. Um, he's been, he's been in a big league clubhouse his whole life. So he knows how it goes. He has a lot of feel. So the, uh, you know, we have a lot of respect for Bo. I know this could be a big conversation and I know everybody's a little different. You have so much information available to you at your disposal. How much are you using analytics in between starts and looking at everything that you could possibly digest? Or do you, do you feel really good? You take a step back, you gain prep for the opposing team, but you just kind of do your thing. Yeah, more of uh, I'll game prep if I feel good. You know, I, I feel like my my release points, you know, where it's at. Um, though that the main thing I look at is my release, you know, height, the side, making sure my release points staying consistently the same. But because um, basically for me, if if that if those stay the same, then they'll translate to you know the pitches on the field. So um, that's the only thing I really care for. I want to make sure my arm's staying up uh, in terms of a health standpoint, a release standpoint, and then but more game plan for the other team. I'll watch a lot of video and do that type of stuff, but I don't really go sit there and go through my individual pitches and say, you know, this is a good one. This is a bad one. So. Do you consider yourself more old school or new school in that front? Um, I do consider myself a little old school. Yeah. I mean, not, you know, I'm obviously young and, and, and uh, newer school guy, but I, I still like the, the old school aspect of baseball a lot. Is there an old pitcher you go back and watch? You find old videos of Randy Johnson or Tom Glavin or somebody, and you're like, ooh, there's stuff that all those guys do that I can go back and find that that grainy footage on YouTube, Jesus, and uh, pick it apart. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I haven't. I mean, I, I growing up, I watched a lot of uh, you know Randy Johnson, uh, Johan Santana. Um, I mean, Tom Glavin, Smoltz, all those guys. Yeah. Uh, but late, like for for me, mainly the last I would say last few years was. Uh, I mean, Johan Santana was a guy I watched since I was young, but like that was the video I kind of focused on, especially kind of after that, that end of that 2021, where I was kind of, I was, you know, sliding pretty bad. Um, and I was like, let me just, you know, take a look, break his, and I would sit in my backyard, turn on the TV at night, and I would just watch YouTube videos, like slowly breaking down his mechanics and kind of like try to piece together where, like what they do that I can't do. You're going to do that change up too? Yeah, well, that's the plan. What does that grip look like? For me, uh, so the bottom of the horseshoe, I grip the bottom of the horseshoe pretty wide. My fingers kind of hug the seams on the inside. And then my thumb is on that seam down there. Has It has a little bit of pressure, but not too much. And then I like to feel that release kind of come off uh, both fingers and then it'll slide off. If it comes off correctly, it has that two seam spin the whole way. So you're not really pronating it or anything like that. You're just letting this, the seams. Yeah. Out. I'm just ripping it. I try not to pronate, but the way, you know, my three quarter slide, when I come through, I, it ends up pronating a little bit, but um, for the, I mean, I don't think to pronate, I think just throw like a fastball. Man, well, we could chat with you for hours. Jesus. I know we only got a couple of more minutes. I got one for you. Do you feel like you'll be affected by the pitch clock this year at all? Uh, I don't thankfully. I, um, I hope, I, yeah, I feel like I worked very fast. Um, and it's just more of like a me thing. It's not to get on the hitters or anything. It's just, I like to work quick. Um, if, especially if I'm in a groove, I like to get the ball, get on the mound and go. So uh, for me, I, I mean, I, I'm not against it. One, one thing real quick, you had a great message to young folks out there about peer pressure and all that stuff. I'd love for you to repeat that because you had, I mean, it was very inspirational. And I think that you have, you've had your stuff together for a long time. And I think it's important for people to, to hear that out there. Uh, well, peer pressure in terms of- Just in uh, growing up with with yeah. basically uh, making sure you never hung out and got with guys that were not as motivated as you were and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I truly am a firm believer and I always say like, you are who you hang out with. And that was something my parents told me at a young age. They never like pounded it into my head, but I feel like I always try to hang around guys in the same mentality as me. I mean, obviously, you know, we're kids uh, growing up and, you know, kids are always going to do kids stuff, but um, you always want to hang out with the kids that are trying to do the same as you. So like, I was always hanging out with the kids. We're trying to go play high school ball. Then we're going to try to go play college ball. Then we're going to go try to play pro ball. And like, we all had the same mindset. Um, you know, we we're all focused on baseball, focused on school, um, you know, still being kids, but we're not trying to get into anything, you know, in, in any kind of trouble because we, we know where we want to go. Hey, as we let you run, hey Zeus, uh, how's the handicap? How's the golf game? And can you take me through the uh, the uh, the off season vacation? I heard it was pretty sweet. Yeah, the handicap's uh, not doing too well. It's not too bad, um, but the golf game's coming along. Uh, the mid to upper eighties, uh, low eighty, maybe once in a blue moon. But I go out there, I have a good time with my friends, so I can't complain. Um, but the trip was fun. Yeah, I had a, had a, a long uh, two week trip. Um, kind of broke up my workout sessions in between a little bit, but um, yeah, it was, it was a two week trip uh, overseas uh, into Asia, Africa, and Europe for, for 14 days and then made it all the way back. So I'm glad to be back home and, and ready to go. Coolest part of the trip. Anything that immediately comes to mind, you can't wait to go back and do it again. 
Oh, uh, I went inside of the pyramids. And to me, that was very interesting. The pyramids have always been something that have like attracted me. Wow. Jesus, it's great to see you, man. I'm so excited to watch you do your thing here in 2023 and hope to keep it rolling off what was an awesome end to 2022 for you. So thank you for the time. And uh, I guess we'll see you up here in Jupiter in just a couple of months, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It was good talking to you guys. All right. Thank you again to Marlon, starting pitcher of the left-handed. He was awesome last year, Jesus Lizardo. Um, Rob, he's such a cool dude. He's so fun to chat with. Uh, and I know you've gotten a bit of relationship over the years, so it's it's just fun to chat with a young guy that's got so much potential. He's so darn good. He's one of my favorite guys to watch, and I expect a huge year from him last year. I think he was under the radar as one of the filthier guys in the major leagues, and a lot of people didn't notice it. Right. They're going to notice it next year. How much, and again, I know we're doing the Marlon Todd Stove Show. It's radio. It's it's online. How much do you keep track of this Marlon staff? The oh. National League signing award winner, Jesus Cesardo, Pablo Lopez, Edward Cabrera, so many guys coming up to the minor leagues. This is intriguing. It really is. And the thing that really jumps out to me and has jumped out to me is the insane change-ups they throw. Like, yeah. that's one of those things that I'd love to explore even more is – you know, between Sandy and, and uh, Cabrera, they're, they're change, 95 mile an hour changeups. What the heck? Like, that's insane. So that's one reason to watch him. But it's also just filthy stuff. It's a really it's shaping up to be, you know, one of the top staffs out there. Yeah, one of the best staffs in the big leagues and uh, so many awesome human beings. And I find myself at this stage being around here for so long. You root for really good people and it's a staff full of awesome guys. So, hey, Rob, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. I appreciate this half hour, 45 minutes, however long it's gone. But it's so cool to talk to you. I follow you. You do awesome work. And one more time, anybody that wants to get involved, PitchingNinja.com and where else? Oh, everywhere. Pitching Ninja and then just Pitching Ninja videos on YouTube. So follow me everywhere. It's fun. The pitching ninja himself. Rob, thank you so much for the time, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, Cal. All right, thank you again to Jesus Lazardo and Rob Freeman for joining us tonight. Awesome show. Wish we had an hour, two hours, three hours, but super grateful for their time in joining us. Just awesome to hear Rob and Jesus chat. Awesome chat with Rob about how he got his start and uh, the awesome stuff that he's doing. So, again, uh, thank you so much to both of those guys for joining us. Hey, before we get going, do not forget that Marlin single game tickets are on sale now. Marlin single game buyers will receive pre-sale access to World Baseball Classic single game tickets. There is a limited time in which you can do this. You can get those now at marlins.com slash tickets. So that's all for us tonight on this episode of the Marlins Hot Stove Show. Episode two, another fun episode coming your way next week. Again, you can always listen on Fox Sports 940 AM Miami, six o'clock on Wednesdays. The audio is always going to be available the following day on the podcast page. And you can watch all of this. You can watch it all this year on marlins.com slash hot stove. Until next time, we'll chat with you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend? 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 